NFTs. It seems no matter where you turn these days, people are talking about this emerging market. But what is a non-fungible token? What can you do with one? And what kind of regulatory risks can you expect if you join in? I'm Randall Rubenking, and you are listening to Baker Hosts. On today's episode, Rob Musiala, a counsel in the Digital Assets and Data Management Group, and the co-leader of our Blockchain Technologies and Digital Currencies team, discusses everything you need to know about NFTs in 10 minutes or less. Let's listen in. So my goal is to provide a brief introduction to some of the key concepts uh, related to NFTs and the market, the technology, the legal issues. So I'll try to keep this to about 10 minutes and let's get right into it. Um, NFTs are really um, one of the newest markets that has emerged in the data management and digital asset space. Um, the first thing you need to know about NFTs is that this market is here. Um, this is not something that is coming in the future. This, this market has arrived. Uh, just as a couple of examples, you know, um, the market really, really started with the NBA Top Shot series selling uh, video clips of famous NBA plays. And that market has generated somewhere in the neighborhood of $600 million to date. Uh, Time Magazine has sold uh, classic magazine covers as NFTs. Topps Baseball Cards, not to be outdone by NBA Top Shot, has now launched baseball cards issued as uh, digital NFTs. Mick Jagger and David Grohl recently put out a single uh, as an NFT, and that NFT is, is a song that's actually attached to a piece of digital artwork along with um, the music file. The auction house Christie's has been auctioning off uh, these CryptoPunks NFTs as well as other NFTs. The CryptoPunks have gotten a lot of attention because they've been selling for a, a high, very high values, um, 17 million uh, at the time that I had finished this last week. But just last Friday uh, evening, I found out another one of these CryptoPunk NFTs sold for about uh, $11.7 million at Christie's. Uh, and even the AP and uh, the New York Times have sold uh, NFTs related to historical photos and, and articles from their publications. So, uh, and that's, this is just only in the past couple months and this market uh, just continues to evolve very rapidly. So what is an NFT? Well, um, NFT stands for non-fungible token and it's essentially a blockchain based token that is attached to a digital media file. And by doing that, you effectively create a uniquely identifiable digital media file so that the owner of that uh, ERC-721 uh, ERC token, that NFT, is able to prove that they own the original version of the digital media file. Uh, and that can be proved using blockchain data. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about kind of the technical aspects in just a second. But before I do, I just want to get into a little bit of a background on the Ethereum network, which underpins a lot of this. Uh, so Ethereum is what I call public blockchain 2.0. Um, the Bitcoin network was the first ever blockchain network. It was launched around about late 20, uh, 2008, early 20, 2009. Um, for a couple of years, developers were watching this and studying the code, which was open source. And then in 2015, uh, the Ethereum network was launched and the builders of the Ethereum network essentially copied a lot of the blockchain source code, which was uh, publicly available. And they tweaked it and they modified it uh, to add some unique features to make it uh, so that it could do things more than just uh, facilitate payments. 
Um, and, and this is the Ethereum network. And so um, some of the unique aspects of the Ethereum network, first uh, that you need to know about is, are these things called smart contracts, which is basically the ability to embed logic rules into the Ethereum blockchain so that when one uh, type of transaction happens, another type of transaction automatically happens. Um, the Ethereum also allows you, uh, in addition to transferring Ether, which is the cryptocurrency on, on, on Ethereum, it also allows you to create your own cryptocurrency. These are called ERC-20 tokens, and these have created a lot of um, very complex legal issues. We're not going to get too much into ERC-20 tokens today. Um, you may have heard of these terms called DAOs and DeFi. DAO stands for Distributed Autonomous Organizations. DeFi stands for Decentralized Finance. These are essentially applications that are uh, created through a combination of smart contracts to uh, effectively run automated applications without the need for human involvement, uh, both in the financial sector and other sectors. And then the latest uh, development from Ethereum are NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Similar to ERC-20 tokens, these are tokens that you can create uh, and that reside on the Ethereum blockchain, except uh, what's different about them is that while ERC-20 tokens are essentially fungible, where you can't tell one from the other, ERC-721 tokens are uniquely identifiable. And so it's by creating these uniquely identifiable tokens on the Ethereum network or other blockchains uh, you are able to create a digital asset where uh, only one person can hold and own that asset, that digital asset at, at any given point in time. And you can prove through the underlying blockchain that that holder is actually holding uh, the original and not a copy. With that technical background, uh, an NFT is created by first creating an ERC-721 token on Ethereum or another blockchain. Um, usually Ethereum. And that 721 token is uniquely identifiable itself on the blockchain. The ERC721 token uh, does not store the image. Instead, it points to the image. So it's embedded with code that will point to another location where the media file resides. And that media file can reside in a centralized database. Uh, it can also re uh, reside in a decentralized database like IPFS. And the decision where to store your media file for your NFT uh, is an important one. And then, you know, the owner of an NFT is actually, from a technical perspective, holding that ERC-721 token in a blockchain-based digital wallet. And middleware effectively allows the holder of that token to connect to um, where the media file it resides, such that the holder of that token is the only one that is able to access the, quote, official version of the media file. And again, the owner of that token can, can prove indisputably on the blockchain that they are, in fact, the owner of that official version of the media file. And so how does, you know, to, to bring all these technical concepts together, you have to work with vendors. And there are dozens of vendors that have uh, arisen in this space, uh, all with uh, different business models and, and slightly different uh, unique aspects. And so it's critical, you know, if you're looking to, to potentially launch an NFT initiative to evaluate those vendors, understand what they can and can't do, understand who has um, the ability to best fit your, your specific needs. Uh, one concept that I want to highlight that the vendors are able to do is uh, you can attach more than just a media file to your NFT. So for example, and one thing I, I like to highlight for clients is that you can attach uh, click wrap terms and conditions to your NFT in the same way that the blockchain token points to the media file, it would also point to the terms and conditions uh, that govern uh, the ownership and secondary transfers of that media file. So just one example of some of the options that some of these vendors can assist with. Um, I also want to note that, you know, if you're looking to launch an NFT initiative, you may want to consider uh, enabling the ability to accept cryptocurrency as payment 
uh, for selling NFTs because this is very much a cryptocurrency and blockchain focused market. And while you don't necessarily have to sell NFTs for cryptocurrencies, uh, the ability to accept cryptocurrencies as payment, I think can really help um, in, in building out uh, your NFT uh, marketplace and model. And so you have to consider other vendors that can help you to accept, hold, store, and eventually convert cryptocurrencies into US dollars in a way that's compliant with regulations, especially the, the US Bank Secrecy Act. Um, and lastly, from a, from a market perspective, I just wanna highlight that NFTs, uh, because of uh, the blockchains that underpin them are enabling a lot of new uh, models related to uh, digital assets. One of which is the potential to create what I'm calling and what others have called perpetual royalty payments. Um, this is something that uh, a lot of folks in the technical community are working on right now as we speak. Uh, conceptually, it, it is very much doable based on sort of the functionality of the Ethereum network. And the idea is that uh, through a clever combination of smart contracts, you can embed uh, and program into your NFTs restrictions that would um, restrict the transfer of the NFT on the secondary marketplace until and unless uh, that, that transferee uh, pays a perpetual royalty payment in the form of a cryptocurrency that would be uh, sent directly to uh, the wallet of the original seller and creator of the NFT. And so you can imagine how uh, this ability to collect perpetual royalty payments in the secondary marketplace can really be transformative um, um, in, in the world of art and digital media. So I'll talk about just a little bit of the legal and regulatory risks related to NFTs. The 30,000 foot view is that um, in the United States, the cryptocurrency and blockchain market is in a highly complex uh, regulatory area. And you know, in general, you have four different regulatory agencies here in the US that define cryptocurrencies in four different ways. You have FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, uh, defines cryptocurrencies as money subject to the Bank Secrecy Act and FinCEN regulations. The IRS defines cryptocurrencies as property and so there'll be tax uh, just like property where you have to keep track of your gain and loss and basis. The CFTC defines cryptocurrencies as commodities and the SEC with some very limited exceptions defines cryptocurrencies as securities. So this is the complex environment that you have to navigate if you're looking to launch an NFT initiative. In general, those top two regulators, FinCEN and IRS are almost certain to apply to NFTs. Uh, the two at the bottom, CFTC and SEC, have been um, relatively silent so far, and, and so the application of the regulations is unclear. Uh, but all four of these regulatory regimes uh, needs to be considered uh, in order to launch an NFT in a responsible way. And lastly, in addition to the regulators, um, you know, the, the legal environment is also evolving in the private marketplace. Uh, most recently, just about a month ago, Dapper Labs, which was uh, the platform that helped launch the NBA Top Shot NFTs, uh, was hit with a uh, private civil class action lawsuit uh, alleging that those NFTs were unregistered securities. And so uh, what this shows us is that while the SEC hasn't uh, to date uh, had an enforcement action in the NFT market, we already have private class action litigants uh, that are using SEC regulations as the basis to form private lawsuits. Um, and what, you know, one thing that I found interesting about this particular complaint is that um, the allegations in the, in the complaint included allegations that Dapper Labs quote, use their control over the platform to prevent investors from cashing out their NFT purchases. So there seems to have been some kind of uh, you know, failures of that platform that may have, uh, in my opinion, you know, really kind of underpin uh, a lot of the impetus behind this lawsuit. And so um, you know, this just goes to show that in addition to the, the regulatory risks, 
There are also risks that you have to consider uh, with respect to sort of the, uh, the private marketplace and potential litigation. So that is your 10 minute introduction to NFTs. Thank you, Rob. If you have any questions for Rob, his contact information is in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening to Baker Hosts. Comments heard on Baker Hosts are for informational purposes and should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Listeners should not act upon the information provided on Baker Hosts without first consulting with a lawyer directly. The opinions expressed on Baker Hosts are those of participants appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information about our practices and experience, please visit bakerlaw.com.